Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Alrighty, let's roll, baby. It is a football Friday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski. And as you can tell, there's a little extra pep in my step when I get to do a divisional round show in which we have one of the New York teams playing on this particular weekend. And let's get this out of the way. Let's acknowledge the simple fact. The Giants, no matter what happens in Philadelphia against the Eagles on Saturday night, the team has had this feel-good, enjoyable, House money ride. That's been the most fun giant season in over a decade since they won the Super Bowl. Is that fair to say? Of course it's fair to say. Giants won a playoff game. The Giants have themselves a head coach in Brian Dable. They have themselves a quarterback in Daniel Jones. But now we get the opportunity to see if this house money ride is going to be extended another week. If it's really going to give you the opportunity to, dare I say, dream. That's what's in front of the New York Giants here on Saturday night. Look, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. The Eagles are a much better team. Talent-wise, comparing rosters, Philly's better. Giants don't have an A.J. Brown. The Giants don't have a Devontae Smith. The Giants don't have a Dallas Goddard. And the Giants don't have an offensive line that's as good as the Philly offensive line. All you need to know about the absurdity 
of the Giants playing in this game. James Bradbury was the Giant top corner the last couple of years. The Giants, because their salary cap was a total mess, they cut him. He ends up in Philadelphia. You think if the Giants thought they were going to be any good, they would have allowed that to happen? Of course not. They didn't expect this. But yet, here we are. Here's the good news, though. The Giants may not be the more talented team in this game. They're not. But they got a couple of things working for them that I really like. Number one, they know who they are as a football team. The Giants may go to Philadelphia and lose this game, but they know what they got to do. They're going to be aggressive on defense. They're going to get after the quarterback. Wink is going to let his front four go to work. He's going to dial up all sorts of blitzes. And he is going to have a defense prepared to play. A defense that now has Adoree Jackson back and now has Xavier McKinney in the secondary. That is a big plus for Big Blue. They are far healthier than the team that played Philadelphia back in early December. That is a great, great sign. You know what else is a great sign? The Eagles are not 100% right. I know they had a bye. I know it's extra time to prepare for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts didn't look great down the stretch. Jalen Hurts got beat up at the end of the year. That's working in your favor. The Eagle offensive line, which is stupendous. It's one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Speed up. Lane Johnson's going to be limping around playing this game. Going to play. It's a tough cookie, but he's not 100%. I don't think you're getting the optimal version of the Philadelphia Eagles that you saw earlier this year. I also think what's working in the Giants' favor here is that they got all this juju going. They could play this game free and freaking loose against the divisional opponent, one that they know very, very well. I love all of that. They're also playing their best football of the year. The quarterback who joins us each and every week is supremely confident. He's sure of what he's doing. He's making things happen with his legs. And guys are stepping up. Isaiah Hodgins stepped up. Daniel Bellinger stepped up. This is going to be a war down I-95 in the city of brotherly love. Giants may lose that war, but they're going to fight. That's what I know about this team. That's what I've learned about this team. You got to be thrilled. You got to be stoked. You got to be pumped for this opportunity because that's exactly what it is right now. You're the team that nobody expected to be here. The Giant fan has been floating on freaking cloud nine. Let's be honest now for about four weeks. Since they clinched the playoffs week 17 against the Indianapolis Colts, the Giant fan has been flying high. They rested their guys in week 18. They win a playoff game where they outplay Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Now, they go to a place they haven't won in a long, long time. Something's got to give here. And as we look ahead to the divisional round, doesn't it seem too easy? Doesn't it seem too obvious the two number one seeds, Kansas City and Philadelphia, doesn't somebody have to upset the apple cart there? You know every Joe Public Square better is throwing in a Kansas City-Philly two-team thieves. Oh, this is a layup. This is easy money right here. No such thing. I mean, Miami-Buffalo, didn't that teach us that last week? There's no such thing as an easy money tease. Even when it seems like every faction is working against a particular team. 
I think the Giants are more alive in the game than the Jaguars. I do. And I know Kansas City never blows anybody out. But to me, the Giants are very, very live in this game. And I am so fascinated to see how Brian Dable and Wake Martindale and Kafka's team is going to respond. I think they will respond. Enough to win the game? Not willing to go that far. But you'll find out what we're going to do with our picks for old school, new school. And listen, the hardest game for me to pick this week was San Francisco and Dallas, as you will find out. The AFC games, I have a very strong feel. It's going to be an emotional scene up in Buffalo for Cincinnati and Buffalo. Can't wait for that game. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, a lot of storylines there. And listen, storylines go off with Doug Peterson and Andy Reid, who know each other as well as anybody. I mean, Peterson played for Andy Reid, coach for Andy Reid. They know everything they need to know about one another. So all in all, great divisional round in the NFL. And you got to be stoked. When a local team is involved, it's the first time we've had this around here since the 2011 season. So refreshing doesn't begin to describe my feelings towards this particular game. The other note I want to make before we hit a couple of voicemails and get into all our football Friday regulars, but we're going to add one here in Benjamin Solak, who is great, who does the Philly special. He does the Ringer NFL. He goes on with Simmons every Friday doing the picks. He's like one of these NFL whiz kids. He is so good at what he does. You're going to enjoy our spot with Solak. But this Mitchell Robinson injury is a problem for the Knicks. And not that Mitchell Robinson is the be-all, end-all as a player, the drop-off defensively for the Knicks when he does not play is startling. He's now going to miss about a month. It's not season-ending, but he goes down in this Wizards game. The Knicks look dreadful against Washington on Wednesday night. That is a major problem for them to not have Mitchell Robinson suiting up. Now, me, I want to see a lot more Jericho Sims. You know you're going to see plenty of topping, but defensively speaking, that to me is where Sims is going to help you. Hartenstein doesn't play a look at defense. Like, he is so out of position when you watch him on defense. That's going to be an issue for the Knicks. I don't know who they start. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up starting Sims because they're going to want to establish things on defense. But that'll be an interesting now call for Tibbs in managing minutes and looking at this roster over the next couple weeks. Mitchell Robinson's a big blow. Taking him off this defense, that is very, very problematic. So... Not good news from a Knicks standpoint. And my goodness, wouldn't Kyle Kuzma look good in a Knicks uniform? I don't know what you have to give up to get him. That'd be the perfect guy to add to this team. Perfect, perfect, perfect complimentary player to add to this team. Had a good game last night against the Knicks. Sign me up right now for Kuzma in a Knicks uniform. Done, done, and done. Got plenty of picks. Knicks should be active at the deadline. That's coming up in a couple weeks. They should be very active at the deadline. Okay. Voicemails. We'll take them on Sunday. Saturday, it's all about Spotify Live. We will have a Spotify Live, by the way, right after Giants-Eagles. 917-382-1151. All right, Steph, let's hear two. Hey, JJ, Charlie and Elmer's calling. So, yeah, the Giants playing the Eagles this week, but piggyback, kind of pivot back to this topic. Uh, you mentioned about the Knicks on the Tuesday pod a little bit. And losing to the Wizards, now two games under 500, like at the Garden. I mean, really? Like you? I mean, that is not good. And when you mentioned, like, besides the production from your three players, Randall, Brunson, Barrett, like the Knicks don't have it. Besides coming off the bench, 
like the bench production is very depleted besides quickly. And in this game against the Washington Wizards, like when Randall is like very, very off, I know he got like 10 plus rebounds again, but like the Knicks, I mean, it's, it's hard to beat anybody. So we, I understand they're not going to get a superstar this season. It's, it's the off season problem, but I mean, the bench production from the Knicks is like, they're not getting anything. They're not getting anything besides quickly. So, like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, I just don't know with the Knicks. Like, if Brunson, Randall, Barrett, like, like if all three have 20-plus games, the Knicks have a good shot winning ball games, Like, every single night. But, one of them's off. There, it's hard to be anybody. Yeah. All right. Got it. See it. Well, you're not wrong. Number one. Number two. Now you're taking Mitchell Robinson out of this rotation. He's probably going to miss about three to four weeks. Broken thumb. Not ideal. And where can you find players outside of the big three to go and step up? I'm looking at Quentin Grimes, but more specifically, I'm looking at Obi Toppin when he's given it a chance to play. The biggest problem with Toppin, he and Randall on the court is a clumsy fit. They basically play the same position. I know they've tried playing them at the same time. It's not working. The breakdowns, the, the metrics will show you that. Has not worked. But now, I mean, you're taking a big out of the rotation. There's got to be more minutes and there's got to be more opportunity for Obi. And he's got to make the most of it. Knicks should be in the market to add somebody to this rotation. You know, I did the putback with Begley earlier today. He mentioned Reggie Bullock and the idea of bringing him back. I wouldn't be opposed. He'd fit in well with what Tibbs wants to do. You know that. It's not a sexy name, but that's like a 3 and D guy that can help you a little bit. And that's kind of what they're looking for right now. They're looking for a wing. They're looking for somebody to get the outside shot and play a little bit of defense. Kuz might be perfect, though. Again, I don't know what the asking price is, though. Before you tell me, Kuzma, yes or no, you got to tell me what you're trading. And, and then we come back to the table. All right, let's take one more. JJ, it's Anthony inside Austin. You know, really quick on this on this Giants Eagles. You know, we spoke on the J Room the other night about the house money season that this 2022 Giants season has become. And in some ways, I'm thinking back to the 08 Giants who lost uh, in the divisional round at Giants Stadium to the Eagles, and I was at that game. And I've told you that me that 08 team was the best Giants team of Eli Manning's uh, career despite the fact that they didn't win a Super Bowl, and that's why people forget about him, because Plexico shot himself. But there was a nervousness going into that game for the Giants fans, and I believe at the sixth seed, which they were, there was a house money feeling for the Eagles. Uh, and, and, you know, what happened was the and that nervousness began to manifest, and I think it spread into the minds of the players as well. Uh, Eagles end up winning the game. They go to Arizona the next week and lose. But that is what has to happen Saturday in order for the Giants to have a shot. You know, I think it'll be a competitive game. I am taking the points with the Giants. I'm not sure that they win, but if they are going to win, it is crucial to either go ahead early or to keep it close early because the longer that it's close, you are going to begin to get into the head of the Eagle fan, which will get into the head of the Eagle player, coaching staff, etc. Their season has been on a different trajectory than the Giants season has over this last month, month and a half. Look at what's been going on with the Giants. Look at what's been going on with the Eagles from the Hurts injury until now. So, again, 
house money season. It's going to be fun to watch one way or another. I think I already know which way you are leaning. Um, but let's see what happens. Either way, God bless my head coach, his blue pickup truck, and all of his cigars. I think Anthony Syosset just wants to get another pickup truck and just wants to be outside of MetLife Stadium having a cigar with Brian Dable. Like, I, I couldn't you envision that? Anthony Syosset, Brian Dable, pickup trucks, cigars, beards. Yeah, I can see it now. You'll get my pick on Giants and Eagles coming up in a little bit. The one difference between the 08 game that you were referencing and this game, this Eagles team has not won. That Giant team won. So a lot of people thought even with the Plaxico injury, they could find a way. Now, I remember that game. I was in Syracuse for it. I remember betting the Eagles. I bet the Eagles on the money line. I thought they were live in the game. I thought the Giants weren't the same team without Burris. I was right about that. This Eagle team, what they have in common with that OA Giant team, potentially, is the question of did they peak too soon? That Giant team in 08, Anthony's right about this. That was the best regular season team that Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin ever had. Best team they ever had. They didn't win, but it was the best regular season team. They beat the Steelers, who won the Super Bowl that year, in like November. They were, they were cooking. They were on fire. They were playing their best football in like November. It's kind of like this Eagle team. The Eagles have been playing great football all year, but it felt like they kind of dipped going into December and January. Are they going to be able to turn it back on? I think that's the million-dollar question going into this game. Now, we have you covered. Football Friday, every which way. Listen to this lineup. Ben Solak, Ringer NFL, Philly Special. He is great. First time we're having him on New York, New York. You're going to absolutely love him. Then we got old school, new school with Beningo. Then Art the Caesar. You don't get a better breakdown anywhere else. Giant Eagle, Football Friday, New York. It don't get better than this. Triple threat. Coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. So... On the heels of Giants and Eagles, I-, I thought it would be appropriate to welcome in one of the hosts from the Philly Special Podcast. But this guy goes beyond that. He's on with Simmons every Thursday. He's like one of the the NFL whiz kids. You know, like there's McVay and there's Mc 
Daniel, and there's LaFleur, and then there's Benjamin Solak. Buddy, welcome to New York, New York. Perfect timing with the Giants playing the Eagles. It's good seeing your face. How you doing, bud? See, I got to spend more time with you, JJ. I miss getting gassed up like this. Nobody treats me like this in my life but you. I need more intros like this. This is good. Well, I was going to say, Simmons ain't doing a good enough job then, so I got to give him some shit for that. I will make sure to do so. Um, But, dude, I got to start here. I can't believe we're talking about the Giants and the Eagles playing in the yeah. divisional round game. Like, the odds of that being the case at the beginning of the year, I probably would have given you 100 to 1, 200 to 1. Jeez, I might have given you 500 to 1, for goodness sakes. The Giants cut James Bradbury. They're doing all sorts of house cleaning. He ends up in Philadelphia. Giants never in a million years thought they'd be in this position. You're mm-hmm. a guy who understands the history of the coaching position. And, and just the history of this game and how unexpected these sort of turnarounds are. Would you say this Dable coaching job is one of the best coaching jobs you've seen in a long, long time when you think about the talent on this giant roster? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, it's tough because there's a lot of guys who deserve to win coach of the year. But if you gave me a ballot, Dable would be my guy. Uh, the, the thing that's most impressive is that uh, Dable like understands the complexity of things, right? He was in New England. He was in college with Jalen Hurts in Alabama. You know what I'm saying? Like he was in Buffalo. He's done a lot of different stuff. He's had his foot in a lot of different camps. So he understands football at a very high level. And then you've seen that in the offenses he's built and the way that he's coached. And a lot of those guys can't simplify when they need to. They can't keep it basic when they do because they know it at like 301 level, 401 level, and they want to do all this cool stuff. And Dable's ability to go, oh, Daniel Jones is pretty big and pretty fast. What if we just ran them a bunch? Like, that's hard. And NFL coaches are not good at that. They, they're, they're bad at doing the easy stuff and keeping it simple. Dable's willingness to find what, what's going to work this week and then just hammer it and then just hammer it and then just hammer it and then just, and just keep it going. Like, that's, that's humility. That's like understanding, all right, we got to find what works and then we just got to sit on it and make them stop us. A lot of coaches struggle with that. And so he's, he's made a lot of chicken salad out of chicken, you know what? And that's really impressive. But you can, a lot of guys could do that over four weeks. Some guys do it over eight weeks. To continue to do it and to have players develop and all of a sudden grow to the point where this Giants roster is so much better than it was 16 weeks ago. Huge testament to Brian Dable, testament to Mike Kafka, testament to Wink Martindale. Very impressive coaching work for the Giants this year. I have Daniel Jones on the show every week. And we were excited about the partnership. So like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's cool. We got the quarterback of the Giants on once a week. And I had a few of the haters come at me. And listen, I was kind of in the undecided camp with Jones. I didn't necessarily love him as a player. I mean, I needed to see more. But, you know, I looked at the instability at coordinator, instability at head coach. And I said, all right, he's got a guy who has mastered Josh Allen. Let me see what he could do with this guy. I was intrigued at the very least. But I'm getting the jokes. He's not going to be the starter in week six. He's not going to be the starter in week eight. Are you stunned with what he has turned into, especially when you consider Look at who he's throwing the football to, for goodness sakes. Like, I know Saquon's a beast at running yeah. back. So, like, that's got to be a bottom five receiver core in the NFL, right? Don't don't besmirch Isaiah Hodgins around me. Go Beads. I've liked Isaiah for a long time. Very happy that he's gotten to land on his feet there with, the, with New York. But you're right. It, it's not the best receiver core. I wouldn't say I'm shocked because the, the book on Jones, it was always really funny. When he came out, right, out of Duke, Dave Cutcliffe was his coach. Oh, he coached the Mannings. And Dave Gettleman drafts him. And Dave's like... Ah, uh, the leadership. I uh, go from the pocket. All uh, the mechanics. They would, everybody would talk about all this stuff, and you'd watch Jones play. And in the moment in which he like actually ran out of the pocket, you'd be like, "Hey, that's really good. Do more of that." And then they just didn't do it for three years, right? Jason Garrett had no interest in it. So a lot of this is is 
affirming. It's like, hey, like, yeah, we, we thought that this guy could be a better dual threat. We thought that he could be White Vic. We thought he could be baby Josh Allen. It's a lot better than I thought. But there, there was always that belief that I think Jones could have been a better dual threat quarterback. As he's gotten more confident running the football, as he's gotten more confident in Dable's offense, you then see the accuracy that's always been there manifest itself in better throws, better catches, more explosive gains, right? And, and that's, I think, a testament to confidence. It's a testament to him feeling like he's in the flow of the game. He's able to take those shots. He's not going to, like, you know, neuter the team, get yelled out on the sidelines if he does it. So they've got Jones in, in a great spot. Contract-wise, it's going to be tricky. I'm not sure how they're going to figure that out. That's a tough nut to crack. Um, but the, the play you've got from Jones this season, very impressive. All right. You are the host of Philly Special, in addition to your 10 zillion other NFL obligations for the ringer. But the Eagles are interesting to me. They were as good as anybody 13, 14 weeks into this year. And now there's kind of this great unknown. Number one, did they peak too early? Number two, what is the status of Jalen Hurts? Number three, what is the status of the Eagle offensive line? Obviously, the buy is going to help. I'm not going to put too much stock in what I saw in week 18. It was kind of a shaking out, feeling out, shake the, the cobwebs off type of game for Jalen Hurts and company. Mm-hmm. But where do you stand on the Eagles going into this game? Is this a team that you think can flip the switch to where they were earlier in the year? Or do you believe they are much more vulnerable than the team the Giants saw in early December? Because so like I picked that game. I was dumb enough to take the Giants plus the points, and I like knew five minutes into the game, I was like, oh boy, this is a bloodbath. The Eagles are just going to yeah. kick the crap out of them. Yeah, like the game, I don't even remember what the final score was. It wasn't even that close. The Eagles should have won the game by 40 points. Where are the Eagles, you think, going into this game? Yeah, so the Eagles are the most banged up now they've been all season, right? Now, that sounds bad. They have 21 of 22 starters for next week, for, for the Sunday, probably. So, most banged up you've been, but also like really healthy relative to the rest of the playoff teams. Of course, some of those starters, uh, Lane Johnson, right tackle, Terry Corn Groin, going to fight through it. Jalen Hurts, SC joint injury, going to fight through it. Some of those starters are less than 100%, but the Eagles, Eagles are, are, are nicked up. They're banged up. The big question mark is just how much you're going to get from Hurts, right? If you get 95% of Hurts, where like they're still confident running him, and he's, he's confident breaking tackles, putting his shoulder down, that's how he likes to run, then this team was 14-1 with him at quarterback. They're going to be okay. This is going to be the full eagle. If this is 80% of Jalen Hurts, and like he threw the ball pretty well after the injury, Bears game, Week 18 Giants game, but taking on contact, getting involved in the running game, he wasn't nearly as much as he was. If that's the Jalen Hurts you get, this is this Eagles team's going to be missing an important layer. You know what I'm saying? It's not that A.J. Brown's bad now. It's not that a line's no longer good and they can't hand the ball to Miles Sanders. It's there's a layer, something that they've relied on, especially in short yardage and goal line situations. Score points, convert on fourth down. There's going to be a layer that's missing in that quarterback running game. So uh, I very much expect the Giants to walk out early and test Hertz's willingness to get hit and, and give a hit, right? I think they're going to try to lay into him. They're going to try to get physical with him and see just how good that shoulder feels. And if it's uncertain to the point where the Eagles don't want to jeopardize him, they don't want to use him too much in the running game, then this isn't the same offense that went 14-1. and This isn't the same offense that was leading the league for so long. And accordingly, they're going to be a little bit more vulnerable. Okay, you wink Martindale. What's the strategy against Hurts? You blitzing the living daylights out of him, or yep. are you letting the likes of... So you're not going to let the likes of Thibodeau and Dexter Lawrence and that outstanding giant front four go to work that way? You would just send the house and put the pressure yeah. on him? I, I need my front four to work. I need him to work against the running game. I need Dexter Lawrence to beat Jason Kelsey. I need Leonard Williams, who didn't play in Week 14, to lock down my, my B-gap, lock down my boundary. Eagles are so good rushing off tackle in that Week 14 game, especially... 
if there's no Aziz Ojolari, who's a solid run defender. Uh, in the passing game, Jalen Hurts right now in the league, he's the 22nd quarterback by EPA per play against the Blitz. He's it, He takes sack on 9% of the Blitz, blitz looks he faces, which is above league average for Blitz quarterbacks. Like, Blitz has been the issue. Watch the Bucks game that the Eagles lost in the wildcard round last year. Blitz. Like this, this is the Cardinals game that they almost lost, only 20 points. Blitz. Like they, this is the thing that has, has, has caused them problems. One, Jalen Hurts will bail out of the pocket early because he likes to run. And so he'll leave the pocket too quick. He'll run himself into a blitz. He'll run himself into a pressure. And two, against pre-snap blitz looks, the Eagles like to throw wide receiver screens, which you still got to go tackle AJ Brown. You still got to go tackle Devontae Smith. But if the Eagles are throwing the ball three yards behind the line of scrimmage, you're feeling pretty good relative to A.J. Brown 30 yards beyond the line of scrimmage against Rodarius Williams. You know what I'm saying? You'll take that exchange. So this this is a, this is a game where you want to blitz and you want to show stuff pre-snap and try to screw with them and try to get them to audible, get them to check, get Hurts to feel like he has to leave the pocket quick, make him feel like he can't take hits. You want to dial it up. You want to bring them heat, make them feel uncomfortable. Because for as, as better as the Giants have gotten this year, Eagles best 11 versus their best 11. When the Eagles have the ball, still a big mismatch. So you want to introduce chaos, introduce heat. The Wink Martindale should blitz him up. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Look, you're playing this game 100 times, so like the Eagles are probably going to win 85 to 90. Like They are a vastly superior team from a talent standpoint if everything is right. Is the game script for the Giants to have a legitimate chance to win? I, I mean, I know it sounds cliche, and I'm giving you all sorts of coach speak, but is it mm-hmm. score in the red zone, force turnovers? Win on third down? Is it simple as that? Yeah, so score in the red zone, force turnovers. I'd also recommend you eat clock. If you can if you can make this a first and 10, second and six, third and two, first and 10, second and six, third and two sort of game, that's, that's exactly how Washington got this thing done. The Eagles held the ball for like four minutes in the first half, right? They sat on that thing. Uh, and so if you have the ability to string together long drives, which the Eagles defense coordinator, John Gannon, that's how he's built his defense. He's... He's kind of like a bend but don't break sort of a guy. So he'll let you pick up those four-yard gains. If you can get Saquon moving, get Jones involved in the running game, Eagles bad against quarterback run over the course of the season. Some of that is like Justin Fields killed them, but in general, not great against quarterback run. You can chunk off those four or five-yard gains, keep the clock moving. Now the Eagles only have eight possessions to get this thing done, not 10, not 11, not 12. And again, like that offense is really good. It's better than your defense. So if you can limit the number of possessions they get, you feel good about that. So yeah, convert on third down, score Skevin instead of three, absolutely. But critically, if you can, you know, like, like Jones are great against the Vikings, throwing the ball around the field. Awesome. Big shot, Darius Slayton. Big shot, Darius Slayton. That's not the script in this one. You'd like to have these drives take as long as possible, shorten this game, introduce some variance. Totally agree with that. They are not winning this game the same way they did against that porous, uh, disgusting-looking Minnesota Vikings defense that Daniel Jones torched not once, but twice. I- I- is there a magic number you'd look at, Ben? for rushing yards for the Giants? Do they have to run for, let's say, 150 or 200 in order to have a chance, you'd say? I don't like to look at magic numbers because then I start missing the forest for the trees. Like, oh no, we're winning. We're up 14 to 10, but we only have 113 rushing yards. What are we doing? Like, no, 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 no. The scoreboard's the scoreboard. That's what we're caring about. So magic number doesn't matter too much to me. What does matter to me is uh, this Eagles team is, is, you know, like I said, on like first and 10, they're going to put a five five down defensive line front on you and they want to stop the run that way so they can get to their pass rush looks. If every time I get a pass rush look, those four down defense alignment, I can hand the ball off and take advantage of the light box and run the football. That's what I care about. I care about, can I keep hitting the Eagles for every time they take Jordan Davis off the field, every time they take Linval Joseph off the field, they're big nose tackles who eat up the running game. If every time they do that, it's like third and five and I call a draw and I pick up first down, I know I've got them where I want them. I know I've got them in an ugly spot where they feel like they have to go five down defensive linemen 
It's going to take the wind out of their pass rush. And all those sacks that Daniel Jones took in week 14 going to be a lot harder to find those. So I don't care too much about uh, yardage, number of carries. I care what's Gannon doing. What's pissing him off? Where Am I hitting his pressure point enough? What's the vibe? Do they have to, in Philadelphia, they, they can't lose this game. This season would be an out-and-out disaster if they lose outright to the mm-hmm. Giants in the divisional round. Is Philadelphia going to be accepting of, let's say they lose, I, I feel like if they lose in the NFC title game, it kind of depends on who it's to, right? Like if they lose to the Niners, the Niners might be favored in that game. They may be a little bit more complete as a roster. They lose to the Giants or the, uh, uh, the Cowboys. It's going to be pandemonium and not in a good way in Philadelphia. Is that fair to say? I think they lose to anybody. It ain't going to be good. Anybody, to- including the Niners. Okay. The Niners got okay. Brock Purdy, a quarterback. That guy looks like me. The Eagles do not want to lose to that player, right? And, and the Niners are extremely good. I definitely think like Niners would be the, the easiest of the three. But this team is the number one seed. They got the bye. They're playing incredible. And they're going to get beat by Mr. Irrelevant at home. After the Phillies made it to the World Series, couldn't get the job done. We don't want. I don't. Eagles fans not ready for that. Philly fans not ready for two near championships. Uh, and so, like, I agree. I think the Niners will be a close game. If you made me pick right now, who wins Niners Eagles in the link? I'd probably pick the Niners. We'll see how you know injuries come out and who looks healthy and whatever. Um, but that's going to be a close, tight game. There's no two ways about that. I'm just telling you, Eagles fans are Super Bowl or bust at this point. That's the vibe. Fair enough. Okay, who's more alive in the game on the Saturday games? Jacksonville. Going into Arrowhead, the Giants going into Philadelphia. Because you know it, Ben. Everyone's throwing mm-hmm. that two-team uh, teaser in there. Like the the favorite classic. Maybe not New York, but that Philadelphia-Kansas City two-team tease is going to be very popular. Who is going to be more spunky in their respective game? The Giants or the Jaguars? I think the Jaguars. Uh the reason I think so is just because the Jaguars are down multiple scores to the Cowboys and then multiple scores to the Ravens and then multiple scores to the Chargers and won all those games. You know what I'm saying? They've been in the hole. They've been in the dark spot and, and, and they're okay. They, they tend to be a team that peaks really well late. And the Giants, certainly, they've won their fair share of, of close comebacks. I don't want to take that away from them. Um, but if you're down 17 points to the Chiefs, a defense you think you can take advantage of, an offense that did that just last week as the Chargers, you feel okay. When you're down against this Eagles team and they can go just run, 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 sit on the ball, they're a really hard team to beat. If there's a path for the Giants to win, they have to be able to control for all 60 minutes. You can't really go down to the Eagles because they string together these long drives and really shorten the game. Uh, and so I do think the Jags are, are are more alive, but I'm the wrong person to ask. You know, I'm Eagles are Eagles are winning the game in my eyes, so it makes it tough. Uh, you are Mr. Philly Special. I understand that. Two quick hitters, NFL mm-hmm. stuff. One of them is it on the New York team that's not near and dear to my heart, but then we're going to get to the team that's near and dear to my heart. Jets. I didn't like the LaFleur firing. I thought they needed to scapegoat somebody for Zach Wilson, which was ridiculously unfair, but you know where that came from. That came from ownership. But now they're in the market for an offensive coordinator. They're in the market for a quarterback. My, my Jet buddy's uh, dreaming. Stefan is dreaming for Lamar Jackson. Don't think that's happening. I, I think John Harbaugh made that crystal clear today. Gut feel. Jet offensive coordinator and jet quarterback you'd like to see next year for them. Oh, brother. Offensive coordinator is a tough one. I think that Robert Sala is going to feel the heat. Uh, I think that, that he understands that it's important that they turn around and start winning games, especially with how well this defense is played. And so if you're looking at like, you know, a first-time play caller, a young guy who you think might be solid, I don't know if this is the time for that, right? I think that like for as as Mimi as he was as a head coach, a guy in the Nate Hackett mold who's done it before, Daryl Bevel, who understands how to get a professional offense on the field, that's the sort of player that, or, excuse me, that sort of coordinator I expect him to go. That's the direction. 
they make sense to me as the Derek Carr team. This is a playoff team with Derek Carr. It's not the most thrilling playoff team with Derek Carr, but they are a playoff team with Derek Carr. Uh, and so to me, like, I think like a car plus a veteran, right? Uh, you know, you can even get Greg Olson, right, from the Rams, a senior assistant who knows uh, uh, Derek Carr, get somebody like that and just kind of get a professional operation in there. You have the wide receiver talent, you have the running back talent, like, you can be a good offense pretty quick. So I expect them to go more that veteran route. All right, then the team near and dear to my heart, so I, I'm still pleased, believe it or not. I miss the moral victories these days after the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson almost going to Buffalo and win the game outright. I hope everything checks out with Tua. I want him to play next year. The team won for the most part when he was out there, but he's not durable. That's what it boils down to. The last two years, the guy can't stay on the field for 17 games. They need a better backup. You're in the backup quarterback market. They don't have a ton of money to spend. Who is the perfect backup, you think, behind Tua that they can add that's not going to change things too much? Because that, you know how good that wide receiver talent is. I mean, Tyree mm-hmm. Kill and Jalen Waddle, they are special players. Teddy Bridgewater didn't have success, and he couldn't stay on the field. Skylar Thompson, I'm sorry, he's not it. <laughs> Give me the guy that I should want to be the backup, because two is going to be the quarterback. I'm, uh, they're not getting Brady. They're not going star searching for a quarterback. Who's the backup I want, Solak? So I'd take Taylor Heineke, if I could take my pick of guys who are going to be backups. I, I imagine Heineke is going to get out of Washington. Uh, they seem pretty committed to Sam Howell and generally just committed to doing something new there in Washington. And Heineke is that benchmark for me of like, okay, do I want you starting 16 games? No. Do I, am I okay with you starting four games? Yeah, you can get it done. You can make me go two and two over that stretch. It's the Ryan Fitzpatrick demarcation, right? And, and you, you'll know Fitz pretty well. It's like, okay, if this guy's my starter in week one, I might be in a bad spot. This guy's coming in to save me for a few games. He's he, he's a gamer. He's able to create outside of structure. He'll take an aggressive throw. He'll let the offense work for him. If you get that sort of Heineke mold at backup, I think that's good for Miami. Tyrod Taylor, who like obviously is with the Giants right now, but like Tyrod sort of a mold works for me. Those sort of guys, I think high-level backups that would do just fine in Miami. I like the sound of that. Taylor Heineke, always one of my favorite players. A lot of He's spunk, fun to watch, man. A lot He's of energy. A lot of spunk. You know how it's going to end at the end of the day, but I'm in. That's that's an easy sell for me, and that's somebody I did not think about. So that is why I bring you on for your expertise and your good looks and your charm and all that stuff. Uh, final one. Give me a score prediction. Giants-Eagles. What do we got? Yeah, I think it's high scoring. I think it's close for much of the game. I think the Eagles can probably pull it away late and kind of, you know, still be able to keep control even if the Giants are hanging around. I said like 34-23 on Philly Special, 34-21, 33-23, that sort of a game. It's a lot of points. There's going to be two point attempts. There's going to be a fake punt. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be wild stuff. Uh, so I think a lot of points. I like, uh, yeah, 34-21. Weird game with the Giants and the Eagles. And as a parting thought, you and I are combining yes. for an SGP, which is, you know, that's scary, though, Salak, because you're, you're great with these props. I'm more of a side guy myself, but I don't want to be the one to let us down here. So what right. are we thinking now for this this four-leg prop? You're going to take two, I'm going to take two. I, I Basically, when I throw the two that I'm going to give you, I want your blessing on these. So we got to make sure we get on the same page. Yeah. Is that all so right? The two, yeah, absolutely. The two that I've got are Miles Sanders' anytime touchdown, which is plus 105. Uh, Eagles, I don't think are going to use Jalen Hurts as a runner goal line as much if they can avoid it. So couple more carries for Sanders when they get low. And then Dallas Goddard over uh, 49 and a half receiving yards, 50 plus. Reason, did you see TJ Hawkinson play last week? End of reason. Goddard didn't play in week 14. And the Eagles used a lot of heavy personnel sets, multiple tight ends. He's going to be on the field a lot. He's going to get a lot of targets. All right. So you mentioned Dallas Goddard. I actually was going to go in the Eagle direction for one of the props. I hope that's allowed. I don't care. I'm doing it anyway. 
What do you think about Goddard anytime touchdown? So, like, yes, but here's the thing is when the Eagles get within the 10-yard line, they're running the ball most of the time, right? They don't really want to be a passing team in, in a low red zone. So now you're expecting him to score from outside of the 10-yard line. And usually when they're taking those deep shots, they're doing it with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, right? Goddard, they'll throw like the tight end screens. They'll throw the flat on the RPOs. He's got to run it in. So it's very possible. But typically, like Goddard doesn't get as much of a visibility for them when they're in like actual scoring distance. It would have to be a score from like outside of the 10, outside of the 15. All right, so we're going to stay off of that. So this yeah. is why we have you on. This is why you are Mr. Philly Special. you got to like Saquon over 25 receiving yards, right? I mean, the guy is going to be yeah. involved in everything for the Giants. We're in on that, right? Like Saquon over receiving. I like Daniel Jones over rushing as well. That, I mean, that was good to us last week. That was an yeah. easy one. And then if I was going to add a fifth, Daniel Bellinger. He loves Daniel Bellinger inside the red player. zone. Don't be surprised if he scores a touchdown in this game, Selhack. Yeah, I like I, Daniel Bellinger is a fine little player, and like, yeah, sure, there's like no other tight ends on the Giants roster, but Bellinger's solid. He's good, and so I wouldn't be surprised. The Eagles, uh, they tend to go light personnel when you're on defense when you're in the red zone, so you get a, a tight end against the safety, you feel okay about that. All right, so we're gonna do 25 plus receiving yards for Barkley. You're all right with 40 plus rushing yards for Daniel Jones? Yeah, 100. percent I'd be shocked. If he wow, confident. Yeah. I, I mean, I am too. What do you have? 70 some against the Vikings? Yeah, be the Eagles are. That sounds like five. a winner. They're bottom five in expected points against quarterback scrambles and quarterback designed runs. So whether they try to run them with Jones or Jones just running on passing plays, Eagles are bad at that. So yeah, Jones rushing is, is a big look for me this week. Ben Solak, he's the Ringer NFL superstar, the host of Philly Special. I'm sure you guys are going to have a ton of stuff right after the game. And listen, fair and balanced, unbiased. You know, my my season came to an end last week, so I'm going to be as objective as I can with this game. I wish you nothing but luck. Yeah, I can't say I'm rooting for you because I have the quarterback every week, so I'm rooting for the right. Giants. But we'll see how... Hey, we can root for our parlay together. There's that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. And the Giants being in the in the division round is, is cool. It's a testament to how well the team is coached. So I'm happy they're here, and I'm, I'll be happy to send them home. And I think the New York audience is going to like to hear that you're on board with Brian Dable for Coach of the Year because that's a layup. Great play. Great that coach. That is a layup. Great coach. So, like, thanks for a few minutes, man. Appreciate it. Of course, JJ. You be well. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. We go from Ben Solak. Now it's time for old school, new school for the divisional round. Mm. Joe Beningo is back. We both went 500 in the wild card games. And Joe, you know, last week we looked at some of the numbers and we were thinking we had bloodbath potential yes. in a few of the games. Right. Let's be real. The game that ended up being the worst is the game that we thought was going to be the best. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. You're talking about the Buck game, Bucks, Bucks Dallas, and it really wasn't that close. I mean, if, if uh, you know Brett Maher could make an extra point, <laughs> how bad was that, bro? Four, I mean, four, he looked like me off the tee. I oh mean, he had the yips. It was crazy. Oh my god! They brought you see they Jones brought in the kicker this week to compete with him. Did you see that? I don't know if you did, but he. Did. Well, I, I don't. I don't blame him when no, you got your kicker no. missing three or four extra points. No. Desperate times at this point. Yeah, no. Call for desperate measures. 
How about the Giants, though? We both were dumb enough to go against them last week. Yeah, very dumb. The coaching, again, is brilliant. Yeah. The quarterback is yeah. going to get a gazillion dollars. Yeah. This is, you know, Joe, we don't get these many times with a New York team. They're in the middle of one of those house money type of runs. Yes. That's what time. the Giants are on right now. It's a yes. feel-good ride. This They've exceeded it. expectations. Yes. You don't get many. Enjoy it, right? Yes. Because next year, there'll be major expectations next year. Major. No doubt about it. No doubt. So, 500 for each of us. Yep. The matchups are as follows. Jacksonville, Kansas City. Giants and Eagles on Saturday night. Then on Sunday, Cincy and Buffalo. And then San Francisco and Dallas. I wish Madden and Summerall were on the call. Uh, Steve Young, Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, Irvin, yes. Dion. I mean, bringing me back to my childhood. But Indeed. we'll start with the games on Saturday, Joe. Before we I even get that, give... you, uh, let me just stop you for a second because you bring up sure. you know, Summerall and Madden. What a disgrace that the great Iron Eagle is not calling any playoff games. That is on television. Absolute. On television. He is calling games on the radio. And by the way, mean, just so you know. nothing to me. Just, nothing. Just so you know, just I texted him yesterday. I texted okay. him yesterday and informed him that you and I are very upset about the fact Extremely. that he will Extremely. not be doing a playoff game. With all these playoff games, with all this television expansion, I let him know that you and I are upset. Just so you know. Very good. I'm happy. I'm happy. He is the premier football announcer in the country now and, and probably the premier sports announcer in the country right now. I don't disagree. I, I love him. Number He's one. my favorite. You put him on a basketball game, you put him on a football game, He's you get a stupendous broadcast. And you He's know I love Al Michaels. That was a brutal Broadcast on Saturday night with him and Dungy. I mean, he sounded like he didn't want to be there. Yeah, Dungy is an absolute stiff. That Terrible. was that was one of the worst broadcasts for a playoff game I've that, ever seen. That game that should have been Ian and Charles Davis doing that game. Let's be real. That's who should have been doing that game. But well, the I problem guess. is they didn't have the game. NBC no, had the game. Why. What are you going to do? I get, I get the yeah. reason why. How come Fox is getting four playoff games? And CBS only gets two this year. Why is that? Well, last year, CBS got a bunch. CBS got two in the wild card round last year. They They got two in the divisional round last year. So I I think it's kind of cyclical, to be honest with you. I think it's one of those things that kind of rotates more than anything. All right. So that's why we don't get the great Iron Eagle doing any of these games. But hey, you want to listen? You're sick of Jim and Tony. You can put it on the radio. I've had enough of them. I I really, I've had enough. See, I thought they did a good job the other day. And you know me, I'm a Romo guy. Nance, I could take it or leave it. I prefer Ian. They were good on my game with the Miami Buffalo game. I thought they were good. Yeah, they were pretty good. I, I, you know, I missed, I missed, uh, I missed Joe Buck and Troy Aikman too. I mean, I only doing, they only did the one game. That's it. They made a big, I know they got all kinds of money. That was a big mistake going to Monday Night Football, but that's... I can't say it was a big mistake when they got paid a fortune, Joe. Joe, they got paid a freaking fortune. That's tough to say, man. A fortune. I understand. All due respect, and I love Kevin Burkhart. There is no comparison. Buck and Aikman compared to Burkhart and Olsen, there's no comparison. It'll be interesting, too, with that Fox booth, if they end up getting Brady in there, if it has a different feel to it. But listen, Buck and I think Buck and Aikman right now, as far as a pairing in the NFL, Joe, for yep. now, it's pairing. I'm talking play-by-play right. Play right. and Probably. analysts. I think they're the best booth that's going, in Tremendous. my opinion. Tremendous. I'm, I'm with you. 
and they ended up but getting a last year games. I didn't buy him. Davis is good with him, though. Charles Davis is pretty good. I do like Good team. We love that team. Yep. Yep. I love that team. And he, yep. the Harlan Trent Green team is underrated, too. I like that team. They did a bunch of Dolphin games this year. Yeah, I like, yeah, and okay. you know who I like, too? Your buddy Sanchez is good on TV. Sanchez is good. He's good. I like him. Sanchez I like is him. good. Sanchez is good. So you never know where it's going to go with me and Joe. We didn't even get to the pick, so we're running right. through all the NFL teams that right. we like and we don't like. But I also bring up the, so I also bring up the pack passing of the legendary David Crosby tonight. You know, I did see that. I just did let me say see that. that. Even one of the all-time greats, the Birds, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, and all of that. So we actually had, within a short period of time, three of the great rockers of all time passed away. Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac. From Fleetwood Rocking Mac, of course, the, yeah. The great Jeff Beck, one of the great guitarists of all time. The Yardbirds, Beck, you know, all of that. And obviously... For your now, love, the Yardbirds. For your love. For your love, heart, heart full of soul, over, under, sideways, down. Yeah, good stuff, though. No doubt. Do you have a favorite Crosby, Stills, and Nash song? Or do you need Neil Young in the mix, still? I don't know. Well, um, look, to me, Neil, Neil's probably the best of all four of them, okay? As far as, oh, 100%. As, as, far as how my music, how I feel about it, he's probably the best of all four of them. Do I have one specific Crosby, Stills, and Nash song? I don't know. Uh, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes is great. Uh, Woodstock is great. Uh, Woodstock is great. Uh, the song about Kent to. State, 10 Soldiers and Nixon's that's, coming. That's, that's Neil Young. Finally... That's really Neil Young. You're but they're about, in that song, yeah, aren't they? they don't are they do it, that song with him? They are, but, but I look at that song as more Neil Young song. More Neil Young right. song, okay. You know what I mean? Ohio, of yeah, course. Ohio, right. Exactly. Joe, that's why I love you. All right, you're, I'm, you're, I'm giving you the honors off, you're now. You're off and running. You're off, we're off and running. We really are. No, we are off and running. Listen, you get a music history lesson. You, you, you get some broadcasting advice. We get, get critiques. That's what we that's do it. around here. That, yes. We do everything. Listen, the Both four is yours. We sure are. Jacksonville, Kansas City. The Chiefs are laying eight and a half. The T box is yours, Joe. Take it away. I, I got to go with the Chiefs here. I mean, I think the Jaguars have, uh, I'd use another expression. I think the Jaguars have uh, reached their limit. I would use something else if it wasn't a family show. But nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I Look, they've been a great story. The fact that they won the division, they've been on a nice roll. They won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, they had a tremendous comeback against the, the just absolutely paper thin San Diego LA Chargers last week. What a disgrace that the Chargers blew a 27 nothing lead and did something. Look, the Jaguars did something that's almost impossible in pro football. They had a minus five turnover ratio in this game and won, which is almost impossible. And still won. And the fact that their coach is still employed is a million. If you have an answer for me with that, God bless. Yeah, I no, mean, sir, I, how do you I, let him on the plane after that I, game? I'm, unbelievable. No, you, you couldn't be more right. With brutal, no doubt. But it's over for them. The Chiefs, that are, uh, the Chiefs, it's hard for me to look at the AFC now and not see the Chiefs going to Glendale. It really is. I think they win this game. I think they win it easy. Uh, I think the Jaguars will give them, you know, give, maybe give them a game for a little while. I think when they go into Arrowhead and and uh, and, and and Doug Peterson's a great coach, but now now he is the second best coach on the field to Andy Reid, the best quarterback in the game, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think they're going to chew him up. I, I I think this is a Blowout win for Kansas City. I really do. I love the Chiefs laying the eight and a half. I'm right there with you. We got a family play right out of the gate. And I know, Joe, that the Chiefs, historically speaking, 
are terrible covering these big numbers. Right. And there's obviously a comfort level and a familiarity with these two coaches. They're both former Philadelphia Eagles head coaches. Right, Doug Peterson right. took over for Andy right. Reid. Right. Doug Peterson was on his staff in Kansas City. Doug Peterson was on his staff in Philadelphia. So th- these coaching staffs know each other very, very well. The bottom line is this. The talent level for Kansas City is that much better. No doubt. And I, I just think sooner or later, <clears throat> Jacksonville is going to dig themselves a hole in one of these playoff games that they are unable to overcome. These are not the Chargers. These are not other teams that are going to yuck up a game. This is not Tennessee with Joshua Dobbs, a quarterback. And I think the Chiefs off a bye with time to prepare will be dialed in. I think they win the turnover battle. I think Patrick Mahomes goes off. McKinnon has been a monster weapon. Look for him to get involved. And my rule with a lot of these games, Joe, I got to make a case for the underdog to have a chance. To have a chance to win the game. Not saying they're going to win, right, but that's right, kind of my right. rule with these playoff games. I, I don't see an avenue for Jacksonville winning this game. You want to no. tell me they back the word? Fine. No. You want to tell me they keep it close? Fine. I, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think they lay it. I think this game is 35-17. 35-21. Kansas City. I think it's high scoring. I think you have some points, but I do think the Chiefs will find a way. So we have a family play right out of the yes. gate for game number one. Now, I have the honors for game two. The Giants on Saturday night, seven and a half point underdogs against the Minnesota Vikings. And the Giants have been good to you. You picked against them. The Giants, I pick against them. It usually goes well for the Giants. So Giant fans aren't going to like this. But you know what, Joe? I'm doing it anyway. I like them this week. I do. I I think they're going to play a spirited, spunky, competitive game against the Eagles. Number one. How right is Jalen Hurts going into this game? I have no idea. Number two, the Eagle offensive line, Lane Johnson. I know he's going to play, but what's his status? You're going up against Dexter Lawrence. You're going up against Kayvon Thibodeau. The blitz and what the Giants like to do, that's something that Jalen Hurts is going to struggle with. So I think the Giants have pathways here to keep this game within reach. You throw in the coaching of Dable. You throw in the nobody believes in us card. All the pressure in the world on the Eagles. I just think the Giants got something going here, dude. I really do. And I know they're not as talented. And I know if you play this game 100 times, the Eagles are probably going to win 80 to 85 times. They are a much better team. I'm getting seven and a half points. Division game, third time around. I'm taking the Giants, Joe. And I think they have a legitimate chance to win the game. I really do. Call me crazy. Call me delusional. Call me what you want. The Giants are going to be in this game on Saturday night. Yeah, no, I, I got. I'm with you, man. I'm not making a mistake I made last week. I'm taking the Giants. I was on the Giants all year. I got kind of spooked a little bit by the fact that everybody and their brother was on Minnesota, like it was a foregone conclusion, and they turned out to be right. But I'm taking the Giants getting seven and a half. So many different things at work here. First of all, the Giants are playing their best football of the year now. The Giants are playing their. I mean, this team went how long without scoring thirty points in a game, and they've done it now twice in their last three games, and both. Twice, really, two times in a row with the full complement of the Giants out there on the field. The Eagles are not playing their best football of the year. They lost a tough game, and I know Hurts didn't play, but they lost a tough game to the Cowboys. They lost a bad loss at home to the to the New Orleans Saints, the, the next to last game of the season. And the Giants with Davis Webb and, you know, a cast of, uh, of thousands playing that final game of the year, actually gave Philly a game. 
It actually came down to an onside kick at the end of the game with the Giants having a shot as crazy as that was. So I look at it like that. The the Giants are peaking right now, and I don't know where the Eagles are. The Eagles, and like you said, who knows what the status of Hurts is. You talked about uh, Lane Johnson on your offensive line. Uh, the other thing, and, and you can put whatever stock you want in this, the team, a team playing another team in the playoffs for you know a third time in the season, the team that has won the first two, okay, is 15 and nine to win the third game. So I just want to let you know that. 15 out of 24 times where a team has beaten another team twice in a regular season and then played for a third time in the playoffs, and the team that won the first two has won the third 15 and lost nine. So if you want to put any stock in that, look, you're getting a big number, seven and a half. I don't know if the Giants are going to win the game, but I love them in this game with the points. And so I'm, I'm with you 100% with the Giants here. I think the Giants have a legitimate chance to win the game. Oh, yeah. What would you of put course. the percentage? Of course they do. Would you, you're not going to, let's put it this way. I'd be shocked if Jacksonville won against Kansas City. I am not going to be shocked, Joe, if the Giants go to Philadelphia no. and win this game. No. That's how hot they are. That's how much juju they got no. going into this they matchup. Of, they got they really do. Going. They do. They do. They really do. And they've been playing. Look, and as you said, they're on a house money run. I mean, I know people say, well, you know, you never know what's going to happen. It's not. No, this is a house money run for the Giants. Let's be real. 100%. Now, Philadelphia with all the pressure on. Yes, more talented, but a lot more pressure. And no did they peak a little bit too soon? I give you the tee box now for the third game in the divisional round. The game we thought we were going to see a couple of days after the new year. Right. Of course, the DeMar Hamlin right. situation takes place. Now it will be Cincinnati at Buffalo. Buffalo laying five and a half, Joe. Your thoughts. I got to take the Bengals. I, I, I do. I mean, look, both teams were very fortunate to win last last week. Your team, I thought Miami should have beat Buffalo. Um, I mean, how lucky were the Bengals? I mean, the game-winning the game winning touchdown is uh, a fumble by Tyler Hundley going into the end zone on his own, you know, on, on the uh, Cincinnati two-yard line. And Hubbard goes 90-whatever yards for the game-winning touchdown. Neither team played well last week. Um Look, the Bengals are the defending AFC champions. We kind of lose sight of that a little bit. Everybody's love Buffalo. Uh, look, I don't. Either way, to me, this is going to be a field goal game. I cannot see this game being any worse than a field goal. Either way, I think I want Cincinnati to win for one big reason. First of all, I can't stand the Bills. I've had enough of them. I'm tired of the anointing of Buffalo. Uh, you know that's been going on for a while now. I can't stand Sean McDermott. I, I, I Josh Allen to me did not. What's have up a, with Sean McDermott? Why do you hate Sean McDermott? I didn't know that. Like him? Do you like him? I don't. Like I mean, I don't like the Bills. No, course, not necessarily. You know. They're a division rival, but like, Sean like, McDermott is like he's not Belichick. You know what I mean? He's not one of those like you know hateable what, though, guys. He does have that uh, a cocky ass feel to him. Let's be honest about it. You know, right? He does. I mean, let's be honest. So I want to see him lose. I want to see Buffalo lose. I want to see the Bengals win the game. And here's the other thing: I don't want to see an AFC title game between the Chiefs and the Bills in, in, in Atlanta. What is that? I don't want to see that. I want to see the game in Kansas City or Buffalo or Cincinnati or whatever. I'm taking the Bengals. To me, I don't know if they're winning the game, but I think this is a field goal game. I really do. I think this is a very close game. Uh, you know, And I'll tell you, I think right now, I'm going to say this, but people are going to say I'm not. I think right now Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Josh Allen is. See, I don't think that's a crazy take at all. So I'm, I, I I'm, really don't. And listen, that's not a knock on Josh Allen. No, no Here's no, the problem really. you have with Allen. 
He's turning the football over yes. way too much. He yeah. has been way too reckless, and yeah. he has been way too careless with the football. So I, I don't think that's a crazy take at all. Now, Joe, we are going to be heads up in this game. This is our first head-to-head matchup okay, let me just say one more in the thing. divisional before round. You, before you go, yes. one other thing, too. Let me just say this other thing about Gotcha. Last week, I felt against your team, first of all, he didn't really run the ball at all last week. He was not a, a factor running the ball, Allen. And the other thing, he was force-feeding the deep ball the whole game. No, he's got to take the safe throw. He I did mean, not. I, and it was, it was wide open, too. Wide open. Not at all. So I got to throw that in. Anyway, okay, so you're taking the Bills. Go ahead. So this line opened up at three and a half, Joe. Right. And I thought it was a good number. I said, all right, it's going to end up around three and a half. Maybe it's four. Maybe it's three. Okay. This line now has skyrocketed to Buffalo minus five and a half. So it kind of leads me to believe that something is up with this particular number. We talk about this a lot throughout the course of the year. Right, right. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, defending AFC champs. Why are they getting five and a half? Why is the public all over Cincinnati and the line has moved against them basically two points? I think there's a reason for it. The Bengals are decimated with injuries, specifically decimated on the offensive line. Offensive line, right. That is a huge problem for them going on the road, going up against the defense that gets after the quarterback. Buffalo's weakness, yes, is in that secondary. You can make plays against them. Skyler Thompson, even last week, had opportunities to do so. So you want to tell me that Chase and and, and Boyd and Higgins are going to go and make plays? That's fine. But is Joe Burrow going to have time to get the football out of his hands? I have serious doubts and reservations about that. I think Cincinnati, even though Lou Anarumo, Staten Island's finest, has done a brilliant job with that defense. They, too, are beat up going into the game. I just think Buffalo, healthier team, at home, the emotional thing that's going to be thrown in there with DeMar Hamlin, I'm right, sure that's right. going to be a big storyline throughout. And, Joe, I, I, I say it all the time, Vegas knows with a lot of these games. I think this is a Vegas knows type of game, and that is why, my friend, we are heads up. I am okay. on the Buffalo Bills laying five and a half. Okay, so that's good. We got one game that we were uh, against each other. Now, we shall see if we are heads up in this game. And yeah. for what it's worth, Joe, this, to me, was the toughest game of the week to pick. No question. Not even I, close. I couldn't agree with you more. Couldn't agree with you more. Toughest 100%. game of the week to pick. And I I hate being a guy that's a prisoner of the moment. I, I really do. Because I think San Francisco is the best team left playing. I think they're the most complete team playing. I think this is a white knuckle with the Cowboys, man. I just do. I, I think the Cowboys are going to play a big game here. Number one, Brock Purdy has not faced a front seven as good as the front seven that he's going to face for the Dallas Cowboys. That is a fear factor for me. Number two, I think Dallas has the ability to go and make big plays against this Niner defense. That means Dalton Schultz. That means CeeDee Lamb. I loved what I saw from Dak Prescott last week. And I know Tampa stinks. Todd Bowles stinks. That defense still was playing pretty good football, and they were never in the game. They got absolutely torched. They got absolutely embarrassed. I also like the revenge angle here. Remember, these teams played in the wild card game last yep, year. Yep. San Francisco beat them. McCarthy screwed up the end of the game. I think Dallas can use that as motivation here. And you're giving me four points. And are you telling me right now I can live in a world where the Dallas Cowboys go to San Francisco and turn the tables on the Niners? Joe, I think they can. And at the very least, I'm getting four points to boot. I'm 
taking the Cowboys plus four. I'm going against the team that I like to win the Super Bowl. Give me Dallas plus four. You know, I'm. Uh, this is by far the toughest game to pick for me. I mean, I, 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 I want to see. First of all, I want to see Mike McCarthy win because I think nobody has been dumped on more as a head coach than Mike McCarthy. The guy's won a Super Bowl. He's got a his 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 lifetime record is probably over about seven hundred percent, seventy percent, something like that. He's won he's won twelve games two years in a row with the Cowboys and has not gotten any respect. Everybody looks at him like he's some kind of a you know, chump coach. I mean, which is absolutely absurd. There's no doubt about that. I worry about the fact that the Niners are going to run the football. Okay. You didn't see the Bucs don't have any running game whatsoever. I mean, you know, Brady's over there throwing 70 passes in this game Monday night. So, you know, they're going to run the ball with McCaffrey. You know, they got so many of these guys, you know, whether it's Debo, whether it's Kittle, whether it's uh, Ayuk. I mean, we go Mitchell, whoever, you know, all these guys that they got. Probably the best defense in the league. Probably the best offensive line in the league. With all that said, I'm taking the Cowboys in the four. Wow. I'm See, I'm, I'm surprised by this. I'm I thought you, you were going to be on San Fran. I'm, I'm a little them. surprised. There's a couple reasons for it, okay? I want to root for Dallas in this game for what I told you about McCarthy, okay? I want to see McCarthy win because McCarthy, I watched him coaching my team, okay? They should have. They should have. Woody should have hired him all those years ago, you know, before he hired that stiff Adam Gaze. He should have hired McCarthy. McCarthy wanted the job, and they didn't hire him. And, you know, he wound up on his feet in Dallas. He's got a, he's got a, a team now. I'm a little worried about the kicking situation. Maher missing all those extra points last week in the Miami, in the Miami, in the Tampa game. But I think it's a close game. I don't know if Dallas is going to win this game. But I think this is a very, very close game. I think Dallas is going to play a big game here. So I'm taking the Cowboys in the four. So we are united in three to four picks. We got the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Chiefs. Yep. We are heads up on Cincinnati and Buffalo. What game do you like the most out of curiosity? As, what, when you say like the most as far as uh, uh, the, the points spread. numbers? Points yeah, spread. It's got to it be the Chiefs. It's got to be Kansas City. For me, Buffalo. Okay. All right. Buffalo. So we're most confident necessarily in our two AFC really games. Win this game easily over the Bengals, huh? I think they're going to have a big day. I, I think they win by 10 points. I think the game is competitive. It's close. But I, I think a 10-point win for the Bills. Seven to 10-point right. win. Right. I hope you're wrong. So, I don't want uh, to listen, see Buffalo win. Cincinnati's not going to... If Buffalo if ain't going to cover, team, I hope they lose. I hope they lose. If there's one team I do not want to see win this weekend, it's the Buffalo Bills. I've had it with them. I don't like McDermott. I don't like them at all. They took out my quarterback. I, I don't forget this. Matt Milano, who, by the way, missed a big tackle on one of your guys on a fourth down play last week in space, if you remember that play. little swing pass out of the backfield. I forget who it was to Wilson, maybe. And he missed Wilson he, or Ackman. It might have been Ackman. It might have been Ackman. on him. You know, the great Matt Milano, all pro, whiffed on him. Okay? So I hate Buffalo. Because they probably cost me my, my my season by taking Mike White out. And I didn't even get a goddamn roughing the pass call. So I hate Buffalo. I want to see them go down. So I'm rooting hard for the Bengals. A lot of my picks this week are how I, I want to root in these games. I wow. So, see, that scares me now on a couple of these, by the way. Okay. Jacksonville, Kansas City, do you really care? Or are you thinking about next no, week I if want, Buffalo no, 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 advances? The Chiefs, no, the Chiefs are the best. No, no, no. The Chiefs are the best. They're the best. No, no. I don't. It's not a matter of rooting in that game. But I do want to root for Dallas, right? And I do want to root for Cincinnati. 
The Giants, I look at, not that I necessarily want to see the Giants win because, you know, for uh, obvious reasons, when you're a Jet fan, we know that they've been a nice story. It's time for it to end now. Okay. We don't need it to go too much further. All right. Uh, You know how I feel like that. In all due respect to my Giant fan friends. But I do think the Giants are in this game. I think seven and a half, I got to take the Giants in the game. You know, I'm looking at the spread. I got to. But I want to root for Cincinnati and I want to root for the Cowboys. So I'm kind of, you know, I have ulterior motives with those picks. Well, Joseph, best of luck to those ulterior motives and all picks for the divisional round. I will see you next weekend right. for a championship Sunday. Where, where bro, can you seat, believe it? Bro, where has the, what do we do? Now, you know what happens? Like in a couple of weeks, I had to start watching YouTube games again. You know what I mean? Oh, it's depressing. We well, got, we'll get you into the tournament. We'll have some uh, We'll have some futures well, for you. And we have golf. our golf. You got the, you golf, know? the golf going down. Now, I had Tagala this week. I got your guy Tagala. Oh, you went with Tagala? They love the post. I loves did. Tagala. I, I went with Tagala week this week. I did. I try. I, 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 need, I need a win because I've gotten off to just a, such a horrific start. So I went with Patrick Cantlay in this one. So, wow, you and the great Mike Carver with the same pick this week. Patrick Cantlay, oh, okay. By the way, Carver's a big Bills fan, too. Has, is he delirious? Yeah, he, he is. I hope he hears this spot that we're doing right about now. I'm sure well, he's going mean, he to be thrilled. I'm sure he's going to be thrilled. But he'll, but he'll understand. I mean, he understands. I'm a Jet fan. How can I like it? I don't All's like fair and love and war, bro. That's it. That's you know? the way it goes. The guy took my guy out. He took my guy, Mike. He cost me the playoffs. He did. If Mike White played, we would have definitely. All's fair and love and war. If Mike White was healthy, we would be the Jacksonville in Seattle, without a doubt. I can't argue that, but he wasn't. And you had to start Zach Wilson, and White came back and was hurt. And well, but I'm saying, and I say, but I'm saying, but this is why I have a grudge now on on the Bills. Well, this is why I have a grudge on the Bengals with the whole two injury for what it's worth, right? Because right. I think That's if two true. was still in that game in Buffalo last week, I think Miami right. would have won, and I think they would have right. won comfortably, quite frankly. So I. I understand the animosity and the hatred, my friend. Joseph, yes. enjoy the games. We will chat you, next are week. You, on tonight? you never know watch- what you're getting. Are we watching you on uh, Sports Night? I will night? be on Honda Sports Night. Yes, I will. Oh, my God. Great. Oh, by the way, I want to thank you for this, too. Stick, go, I heard what you said the other night when, you know, when uh, Eamon McEnany was going, you know, gaga over uh, Lamar Jackson, okay? Let me, you can mention that to him, too. He's, he can roll all, is he, he can't be a Jet fan. He's not, right? Tell me he cannot be. He is a giant fan, I believe. Yeah, of course. I believe. Of course he is. I believe. So because he would want to roll the dice on one. You tell him to go roll roll the dice up his rear end with Lamar Jackson. And and I was so happy to hear you take my side on it. It was brilliantly executed. Even Sal did, which I was surprised. Brilliantly executed by you, my boy. Well, listen, if John, but John Harbaugh wants him back. If I found out the Ravens didn't want Lamar Jackson back, that would scare the living daylights out of me. How could it not? But they are bringing him back, though, Joe. Yeah, no, they built course. the team around them. They, 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 they want him back. Right. They, they have a team that's built to what he does well. Right. That's Tough right. to mess with that, dude. Tough to mess yeah. with that. And where are they going? They've seen how life is like when he yeah. does not play. Ugly. Very ugly for them. Right. You know? Right. Right. Well, on that Indeed. note, I'll pass those Indeed. greetings along. That's what we do around here. Pass along a lot of hate. Go root, go, root for your, go root for your Giants. Don't, yeah, I don't need him being the GM for my team. You can tell him that, all right? Uh, we, we will pass that along. <laughs> the audio is there. Joe go. we'll chat next week. Thanks, buddy. Bro, all the love, bro. Take care.
We go from Joe Beningo to our guy in the desert, Art the Caesar, Westgate, Superbook extraordinaire. Art, so much for blowout city for wildcard weekend. I mean, outside of the Tampa-Dallas game, the game that, by the way, we thought was going to be the best of wildcard weekend ends up being the worst of wildcard weekend. I I would say all in all, dude, the games, including Miami and Buffalo and Baltimore and Cincinnati, they ended up being pretty good. I totally agree. And, you know, San Francisco got away a little bit at the end, but, I mean, Seattle's winning that game at the half. So I'm with you. All the games were really good. Obviously, we got the stinker at the end, but, you know, that's the way Tampa's played all year. They've looked awful. And give all credit to Dallas and Dak Prescott. He played his best game probably ever in the spot that they needed. So big weekend for us, big weekend in the book. A lot of people, a lot of excitement, and hopefully we get uh, competitive games like we did in Wild Card Weekend. Or as far as the weekend and how it was for the public and how it was for the book, I got to assume Buffalo not covering any of the teases helped. Jacksonville coming back helped. And is it crazy to say Dallas winning ended up being a good result for you guys? You swept the board, JJ. The, you know, the Miami one, I think, is the big one because it knocked out a lot of teasers. Now, I will say this because we had had this conversation you know, on last week's show where there were so many money line parlays with the big three favorites. So if Miami could have outright won that game, oh my God, it would have been some weekend for us. But them obviously only losing by three, knocked out plenty of teasers. Yeah, five of the six games went over, but that's okay because totals won't hurt you as much as sides. Jacksonville making the big comeback was huge because there was so... I understand the public was on Jacksonville, but we had a lot of our bigger bets and bigger sharp players on the Chargers all week, so that knocked them out. And then everybody seemed to be on Tampa Monday night, so Dallas winning that game the way they did was awesome for us. So all in all, it was a good weekend at the Superbook. You know this, and I know this. The Saturday tease of the week is going to be Kansas City and Philadelphia. 2-1 seeds, They're right in that perfect T spot. The Eagles are at seven and a half. Kansas City is at eight and a half. So who's more likely to screw that up? That's what I want to know, Arthur. (laughs) Is it the New York Giants or is it Doug Peterson's Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, you know me. I'm going to be pulling in that it's the Giants. But I will say this about that game or those two games. You are absolutely right when you say that. We actually had opened Kansas City nine just to fight teaser liability early because we figured we'll have it nine. If you want to take them under the field goal, you're going to buy the seven. You're not going to get the six and you're not going to get, you know what I mean? So like, we're going to make you buy it with that. So for us, we look at it as, you know, let's fight against those two teasers. We know that they're going to be very popular, just like that three team money line was last week. I think it's the Giants because it's a divisional game. I think they're getting the Eagles at like kind of the best spot, you know? It's like, this is the worst they've looked. I know when they played early in the year, I don't count the last week of the year, the Eagles bombed the Giants 48-22, but the Giants are confident right now. So I think it's the Giants out of the two. Interesting. Now, as far as liability for those Saturday games, are the Giants a public dog again this week, Art? They are. And, you know, when we opened the game, we opened at seven. It only went to seven and a half. So we're sitting there. 
We saw some sharp guys take the Eagles at seven, figuring that the number would creep up. They were correct. Now they don't have the hook. They just have the seven. We've seen over money come in as well. It was 46 and a half, now 48. I think the Giants will be very popular, like you said, as a public dog. Haven't seen much on the money line for the Giants. We've actually seen money line on two of the other dogs, Cincinnati and Dallas, people taking shots there. But yeah, I think the public will be on the Giants, especially now because they get the hook. Um, I never like taking Kansas City as a favorite. Like, that's one of my rules throughout the regular season. I just think this is such a great spot for the Mort. I mean, you think about it. Jacksonville, they can't keep pulling these come-from-behind victories. That's number one. Number two, you're giving Andy Reid extra time to prepare. The coaches know everything there is to know about one another. I mean, Doug Peterson basically played for Andy Reid. He coached for Andy Reid. He succeeded Andy Reid. So uh, there's no secrets there. I I think the better team and a better quarterback. And And I think this is the game we see Kansas City lay the lumber. I don't disagree. Now, interesting with that game, right? They played earlier in the year. I think it was like week 10. Kansas City beat them by 10 at home. Chiefs had three turnovers in the game. Jacksonville had none. So they won the game by 10 and turned the ball over three times. I'm with you. I think you're going to get a big performance out of the Chiefs. A lot of people expecting points in this game. 51 and a half, now 53. And I think the overs are in vogue again this week because of what we saw last week. Five of the six going over. So it'll be interesting. Like, I think three of the four will probably go under just because of the way it is. But I'm with you. I think great story by Jacksonville. They got to the playoffs. Lawrence gets his team to the playoffs. But I think Kansas City rolls in the game. So the toughest game for me to pick, I'm not going to lie to you, was Dallas and San Francisco. Because you know my feelings on the Niners. I think they're loaded. I think they're the most complete team that's left playing. But there's the Brock Purdy question. Brock Purdy now is going to go up against the best front seven that he has played all year. Micah Parsons, Lawrence, and what the Cowboys provide. To me, Dallas is live in the game. They've got big play capabilities. They can disrupt Brock Purdy. And you throw in the revenge angle art of what happened last year. I got four. I feel good about four. It's down at three and a half in some places. Where do you stand on Dallas and San Francisco? This to me, and all, all the games have juice and they're fascinating because obviously it's divisional games. This game is like the sexiest of the bunch because of all the playoff history these two have. You're right. There's the playoff angle from last year. I hate to say it as a giant fan because I hate the Cowboys. I'm with you. I think Dallas is live in the game too. We opened San Francisco three and a half. We're still sitting at four. This is a game where we've seen a lot of interest on the Dallas money line plus 170, plus 175. People thinking they can win the game outright. I don't disagree. I think Dallas is going to be very popular from sharp betters this week. San Francisco is going to be the rare public favorite. I think San Francisco is going to be a team that the public lines up on. So I think you're going to have a good divide there. I'm with you on Dallas. All right. Joe and I are united in three of these games. We're on the Giants, we're on the Chiefs, we're on the Cowboys. Where we have a divide, and this to me is going to break the tie, quite frankly, Ark, because it seems like you're on board with all three of these as well, is Cincinnati and Buffalo. Joe is on the Bengals. I don't like it. My best bet is Buffalo this week. And I know Buffalo could have and should have lost to the Miami Dolphins. They're at home. They have a terrific front seven. The Bengals are decimated on that offensive line. I know. Josh Allen's turning it over. I know Buffalo hasn't looked great. I don't think Cincinnati can block. 
And or this line opened three, three and a half. Now it's at five and a half. That kind of tells me all I need to know. Agreed. And and you're right. The three games you guys are together with, I'm with you on. This obviously will split the tie. This game is fascinating. You're right. That game opened a lot lower. We opened it four and a half. It's now five and a half. But the but you have like the reverse kind of movement where we've taken nothing but Bengal money. We've taken a lot of Bengal money on the spread. And this is the other game where people are taking a shot with the Bengals on the money line. But the market has just moved the way of the bills. We're not going to stay behind the market. We're going to stay with the market because we know we're going to write a ton of business on these games. I'm with you. The fact that the Bengals, if, if they had a real quarterback last week, the Ravens would have beaten the Bengals. Like, I, they can't block anyone. Buffalo's at home. All the stuff. Hamlin, he's he, he might be in the building. Who knows? Oh, All I guarantee things. he's going to be yeah. in the building. Take you know that to I mean? the bank. He will yeah, be in the building. He might flip the coin. Willing. Like, you know what I mean? He's going to be there. And it's going to be an emotional scene in Buffalo. And as great as Cincinnati is and the quarterback is and how great they've been these last two years making these playoff ones runs, this is Buffalo's time. Like, they got to get to a Super Bowl. I'm with you. I think the Bills win the game. And I think the fact that everyone's lining up on Cincinnati and you'll kind of be on the other side bodes well. So I'm with you. So I'm giving you the nod because you have Buffalo and Joe has Cincinnati. Wow, I'm getting four for four this week from Arthur Caesar. I think that's a first Arthur Caesar, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it could I you know, I feel like one of these weeks I gave you a five and oh, it was a slam dunk type of deal. I, I feel like we did. And I would love to go back and see how those picks did. I think I ended up with a winning week. So you know what? Yeah, yeah. Regardless of what it was, <laughs> there's that. Um before we say goodbye, your time to shine with a tease. I know you're not going in the chief eagle direction. That's way too square, it's way too obvious. What will be your two-team tease of the week? It is. I am going to use one of them. And, and let me say this. I had Jacksonville in a tease last week, and it saved us because it was Jacksonville uh, Merry and Cincinnati. Christmas. That's what I would Merry say. Christmas. Merry that's Christmas. That's right. But that's what happens, and that's why you tease these games. So we're happy to get the playoff win. I am going to take the Chiefs, and I am going to take Dallas. So I'm going to take a two-team. I'm going to do a six-and-a-half point because I want Dallas at ten-and-a-half. So we're going to make the Chiefs minus two. And we're going to take Dallas to plus 10 and a half. That's your two team six and a half point teaser. Art, best of luck. We will chat next week. I can't believe it's championship freaking Sunday mm. in the NFL, but that's where we stand. Buddy, enjoy the games. And uh, same time, same place. Later, buddy. Yes, sir, JJ. Let's cash some tickets this week. Uh, enjoy the games. And we'll talk next week, my friend. That's our guy, Art the Caesar, a united front for all four of these divisional round games. All right, Jeff Money. Last but not least, you join the party? Let's go. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicap of picks. This is going to be for the divisional playoff round. We got our four games. So as far as last week, I hit my money play again. I was 1-0, and so I'm 13-6 and on the year. The playoffs, I wound up going 3-3, three and three, so 3-3 three and three on the year. Overall, 42-51-3. and three. You hit your best bet again on fire still. You are 14-4-1, uh, and one, and you were 3-3 three and three for the week. So what are you, 50-42-4. Head-to-head, we went 2-2. Two and two. We're 11-11-1 on the year. Family plays, we were 1-1, one and, one, and we're 6-11 and 11 on the year. Okay, here we go. My four plays. 
in ranking order. My money play, I'm going to go with the New York Giants, plus the seven and a half over the Philadelphia Eagles. Game number two, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals, plus the five and a half over the Buffalo Bills. Game number three, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars, plus the eight and a half over the Kansas City Chiefs. And finally, I'm going to go against my team. I still, if I lose, if I lose, but I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers, minus the three and a half over the Dallas Cowboys. Again, my four plays in ranking order, I'm going to go with the Giants plus the seven and a half, the Bengals plus the five and a half, the Jaguars plus the eight and a half, and the 49ers minus the three and a half. And everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, let's see if we got some family plays. I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I am stunned you are not taking your Cowboys. Maybe you're going for the emotional hedge there. Stunned you're not on Dallas. We have a family play with the Giants. The other three, we are heads up. So here's what we have cooking this weekend. We got an SGP on FanDuel. Me and Solak joining forces, four-legger. Fire that in. Root with us as we watch the Giants and the Eagles on Saturday night. Saturday night. Just goes to show you. We don't take off days around here. After the Giant game, I'd say... 15 minutes after the clock has zero, zero, zero. We will be on Spotify Live. We will be rocking well after midnight. It's going to be a fun show. Win or lose, we're talking about the Giants playing a divisional round game. So I'm super stoked for that. I'm glad that we'll be partnering with our friends at FanDuel and Spotify Live. We'll be doing a live show. We will post it as a podcast as soon as it becomes available. So you'll have that Saturday night. You'll have that on Sunday. Now, we will have a shorter pod either talking about the other two games and the Giants thinking about Championship Sunday or wrapping a bow on this 2022 Giants season. So we will still have a pod on Sunday. So a lot of New York, New York content. Saturday Night Live reaction. Sunday, we get like a day to decompress. We watch the other two games and we'll have a shorter pod for you there and an SGP. So we got a ton, ton ton of content coming your way. What else is new? That's what we do. Good times. It's been a very good year for New York, New York. Very, very, very good year for New York, New York. Trust me when I say that. In a lot of different fronts, the teams have been good to us. You guys have been good to what I do. It's very appreciative. Always thankful for our guy, Stefan. Great job as always. We're back Saturday night. It might be Sunday early morning. Who the hell knows? But enjoy the giant game. Until then, JJ out. Be good, everybody.